you, you want to go deep today? Anybody want that? I mean, we're at a place right now, I think we need to go into the Word of God. We need to be very clear about what the Word of God is saying. We need to open up our hearts and just be very clear, know what God is doing during this season. We've been talking about the reality of restoration. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Uh, you want to read that with me? I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. That just doesn't necessarily make sense to some of us. Uh, you know, swarming locusts doesn't, doesn't really ring a bell. We're not farmers, except for, you know, you know, a few tomato plants that you bought from Lowe's that you have in your backyard. We're not talking about that. How many have ever had a garden? Anybody ever had a garden before in your yard and got a bunch of worms or something that just started destroying it? You said, oh, I'm going to have some cucumbers. And you go out and some kind of nasty something, something got a hold of your cucumbers. You said, what's going on? Well, you know, imagine if that garden was your life. Because in this scenario, this is their life. This is, this is if, if we don't have a crop, then we don't live. That's, that's what it is. When, so when you read this, and, and, and if you go on into Joel 2 as we have in the past, what you hear is if it, it's not one kind of locust, it's another lo- kind of locust. It's, it's the swarming locust. It's the chewing locust. It's the jumping locust. Different kinds of locusts that come into our life. So if you continue to read Joel 2, it, you realize that it is metaphorical. You realize that it's speaking of something deeper. Because eventually, he says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to restore to you what you really need, some things you weren't thinking about. So I ask you, what are your locusts? What's going on in your life? What has been destructive? What has come against you in ways that you thought, well, that's the end? And so it's very clear. The feeling is when you are in that situation where you think you are losing it all or lost it all, God knows exactly where you are. He knows the situation. He knows the, the conflict that's going on, and he has a plan. So that feeling, that feeling, oh, no, all is lost. How many have ever felt that? It's intensive anxiety. How many know it can lie to you? Anybody know that? That feeling, you know, I, you know when I, I have, anybody have a trigger? Anybody have a trigger? I'm not talking about a horse named Trigger. I'm saying, do you have a trigger? Some, certain things happen, and it's like pulls a trigger in your life. You got old heart wounds in your life. So one thing happens, and it's like an explosion that you might have realized years ago. If I say you have a trigger, I might ask you, have you had a sensation that was so powerful in your life that it almost seemed uncontrollable, and you're going to have to hit somebody, okay? Just something in your life, or you're going to have to weep for a while. And I would ask you then after that, when was the first time you ever experienced that particular feeling? When was the first time in your life? And you say, I don't know. Well, you might need to sit down and let the Lord take you to that first place so you can have revelation about something that has been going on for years in your life. An old wound, an old heart wound that took place that's never been resolved. Somebody abandoned you, somebody hurt you, somebody abused you. Something happened in your life. So when I, when I say uh, locust, it's not necessarily something that just happened to you. I'm making sense to anybody. It's not just something that just happened because Part of what is going on in life right now, in this season, is not just about something 
that just happened. It's something that happened before and you're just now dealing with. Am I with you? Are you with me? So when, when I tell you this, for instance, I'm saying we are in a pandemic and we would say that is not, that is new. And I'm going to tell you it's not new. This is not something that is new. It's just that for the first time in some of our lives, we are realizing that we are all vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. Before, you pretended like you weren't. I'm not vulnerable. I've been vaccinated. Well, it's always something, brothers and sisters. It's always. I mean, you've been driving up and down the same highway for years thinking you weren't vulnerable. You say, no, I'm a good driver. It's not about whether or not you're a good driver or not. It's about that other joker driving up and down the road who drove in front of you. I'm not vulnerable. No, 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 no. We're all vulnerable, but we've been pretending like we're not vulnerable. We've been pretending like, oh, no, I'm taken care of. I'm going to live forever. No, no, no. No, you've only got a few years promised to all of you. And so you get diagnosed. Something happens in your life. And you wake up and you say, no, I'm vulnerable. No, you were always vulnerable. Now, though, the world is having to pay attention. What are we going to do about our vulnerability? Somebody come up with a vaccine. You'll say they fixed it. No, no, you are still vulnerable. You still need to deal with that sense of negative possibility and then the racial brokenness that we have after what happened. The, 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 oh, I mean, I, I still, and I'm not, I'll, I'll never forget the picture of George Floyd. But it hasn't just been that. There have been others since George, and there were others prior to him. When I look at that particular situation, and suddenly people are saying that there's racism. How many know there was racism a long time before George Floyd died? Anybody know that? And you also recognize regarding that particular situation that the need for reconciliation did not start when that man put his knee on the neck of George We were in a situation of critical difficulty a long time before that happened. This is centuries old. For centuries, for thousands of years, we have needed to reconcile and realize that it's not you and you and you, but we are all the same. I am you and you are me, and we are all in the same situation, and we need to love each other and reconcile with one another. I'm looking for the, real an- for the real answer. I'm not looking for an answer. I'm looking for the real vaccination, not a vaccination. I, I'm looking for real love, not just uh, uh, you know a high five and a momentary I'm sorry. Can I get an amen from somebody? I need to take care of the locusts that are destroying my life and my family and my home. I want to deal with the real restoration. We all need rehab. The world needs rehab. What's the answer to what's going on in the world? Can I begin with the answer? Okay, you ready? Here's the answer. Jesus is coming back. I said Jesus is coming back. Jesus. Say it out loud. Jesus is coming back. I thought that'd be long after I died. Look, I would prefer Jesus to come back before. Anybody with me on that? I would like to see Jesus come back. I, I would like to be caught away to be with Jesus forever. And that's a big part of it. Also, certain things are happening and will continue to happen as the world that we live in, listen to me, as the world that we live in tumbles in the direction of judgment. Yeah. 
Some people say, well, God doesn't judge anybody. You, you must have skipped like two-thirds of the Bible. He is the judge. He is the judge. And the world is tumbling in the direction of judgment. Jesus is coming back. You realize the world will be destroyed as we know it. Does anybody understand that? Am I scaring anybody right now? But Jesus is going to do something called restoration. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and sin will be destroyed. Anybody got a body that you wish was invulnerable? Anybody got one of those? I wish I didn't have to. I wish I didn't have to wear it. I'm, I'm beyond sickness and all. I don't need, you know. Listen, I, I just so you know, I've caught a few things in my life. When I was a boy, I had the measles. I, before that, yeah, that's right. Why you had the measles? Yep, sure did. Beat that bad boy. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that I know. I've been in some car accidents. Anybody else? I, I, I know that the body that I'm living in right now does not feel like the body I had when I was 25. I know I still look good. I know that. I know. That's what you're about to say. But I realized that I was born into sin and this body was born into sin. But one day I will have a new body. I am preaching this morning. I wish I was sitting out there listening and saying Amen. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I had a, I was in a car accident one time. A lady ran over my car. She had one of them big trucks, big wheels, just ran over my car. Okay. Well, not the whole car, but the front corner of it anyway. You know, car was never going to come back. And as she was running over my car, she was cussing at me and yelling at me and saying all kinds of, you know, Hashtag, pound sign, you know, anyway, all of that. And, but I understood what she was saying. She said, I got a baby. She was blaming the accident on me as she was running over me. And uh, I got a baby in this car. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, we stopped and I got out and I said, honey, it's okay. Is your baby all right? You know, I started being Pastor Rick, you know, and. Next thing you know, she stopped cussing at me, and, and uh, we made friends and got everybody involved. And Anybody ever been cussed at? I mean, cussed at. I ain't saying somebody threw a letter at you. I'm not saying. How many have been cussed at before? I mean, just cussed. You didn't even know their name. All right? I, what, two people stopped in front of me the other day. All right? They're at a traffic light. One person, I don't know exactly what was going on, but the guy in the front jumped out and went, and the, the, the lady behind him got out and I thought, I don't think I want to intervene in this right now. I just, uh, okay, okay. How many were, was the person doing the cussing? Yeah, where are you? Hey, say, listen, listen. All right, all right. I, look, I have never been that individual that had a great vocabulary of Four-letter words. Uh, my, my mama would have whooped me so hard. And so, I, I mean, I grew up, I couldn't say heck when I was a kid. All right, you know what I'm saying? I would have been grounded and not been able to stand up. All right, that's just the way it was. I, I grew up in that, in that setting. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, what am I saying? What I'm saying is I can cuss you out without four-letter words. How many have ever been offended? Just lift your hand. Anybody been offended by somebody else, not knowing what you could do? You see, you've been cussed out, you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been left deserted. A couple of months ago, I preached a sermon along these lines, and 
use the song Waymaker. Anybody remember Waymaker? I mean, I think that the song kind of came out for these seasons. A couple of songs. That song, uh, Danny Gokey also uh, has a song that I enjoyed. You, you just haven't seen it yet. Anybody heard that song? Anybody listen to Christian music? All right, so Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. That would be fine if he didn't put the chorus in it. All right? When he starts singing... Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. See, that's where I struggle, right there. I struggle there, okay? Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it. How many have been in that place in your life when you wanted God to do something because you were in that? I've just been cussed out moment. I'm going to have to slap somebody or more intensely, you were offended. You were offended in your home. You were offended in your life. You were hurting. Your heart was broken, and, and you just wondered. You couldn't see how you were going to get through, and it's like, you. anybody ever scream at God before? God, where are you right now? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, where are you? God! think I would have changed the Waymaker song chorus. I would have rewritten it. I would have written, even when I don't like it, he's working. Even when I'm uncomfortable, he's working. Even when I'm angry, he's working. Especially when I'm offended, he's working. We think, well, I feel Jesus right now. Even when I don't feel Jesus right now, he's working. Even when I don't feel his presence, even when I don't see, even when I'm waving my hands, even when they're not singing, even when I'm not, come on, even when I haven't read the Bible for six months, he's working. Think about it. For, for, think about it. The toughest things that you are feeling, what is taking over your thought life? What is, what is bringing about anxiety? Listen, in it all. And you kind of feel like the songwriters are making an excuse. No, it's a profound truth of the word of God. Anybody remember uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Who do you remember? Which, 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 the first ones or the second ones? You remember? Because... I always knew Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. I always knew that. Shadrach, Meshach, and just flows. I have to think. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, I have to think that. Okay, so these three Hebrew guys who had been taken away from their homes in captivity, enslaved, now working among the wise men with Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar has a statue that is built, and when all of the instruments are supposed to play... Everybody is supposed to fall on their face and worship the golden idol. But you might call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They know who, where they come from. Anybody know where you come from? Anybody been born again? Anybody been born again? I know some people might know who you used to be, or they might have renamed you, but I am who God says I am. They would not bow down. They would not kneel. Everybody else on their face, and there's, there's, there's the boys. You know, hey, they're going to kill you. They have a fiery furnace. You know the story. I don't have to go back through it. They have a fiery furnace, but watch what happens. They have a fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar hears the three of the guys that he has taken away from Jerusalem. Three of the guys, 
that he has renamed will not bow because they only have one God and they know how that Moses went up and God said, I am I am God, and you will not have any other gods before me. You will not worship any graven image. You won't bow down to any false idols. So I'm going to test, but I will test you because I'm going to take you through places where everybody worships false idols. You're going to be tempted because the idol's going to be real pretty, and the pain's going to be real bad if you don't. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in that moment right now. They won't. They have them arrested. They turn up the, 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 the fiery furnace to its hottest level, and they say, okay, you ready? No, we're not, we're not going to bow. King, you do whatever you got to do, but we know our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. So they threw him in. They threw them in, and look what Nebuchadnezzar saw. Look at this. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. How many have read this before? He looked in. Now, if you, go, if you read the rest of the story, not only is that true, but they are walking around. They threw them in bound, but now they're walking around. I preach on this all day, and I don't have time, but I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. They also see a fourth man in. We only threw three men, but they're fourth men in. And the bondage has broken. Do you hear what I'm saying? When I go through certain things, the fire that I hate will burn off the bondage from my life. If I hadn't gone through this, anybody hear what I'm preaching to you right now? And God will be with me. Hey, God, where are you that throw me in a fire? God! You could burn up in the fire, or you could be transformed. But when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Which brings me to the title of this teaching. How was that for an introduction? God is in the fire. Somebody shout it. God is in the fire. I said, God is in the fire. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. What shall we say? If God is for us, who is God? He is God who is for us. God is for me. He is not against me. Shout it. God is for me. He is not against me. I love this scripture. I, 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 I think I love it because <laughs> sometimes I don't understand what I'm going through and the whys of what I'm going through. Have you ever shouted at God? Anybody ever shouted at God? Have you, all, have you also been through times when it seemed like God had taken a vacay while you were in the middle of the worst time of your life? Have you ever just had questions? Have you ever asked questions like this? Why is everything going wrong? Why isn't God fulfilling his promises? Why am I not moving forward in my life? How many have ever asked those questions? Anybody ever done that? Good! <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw nothing at me, okay? Hang on to your mask for later. Don't throw nothing at me, all right? What? Why is it, God, that nothing seems to be going right? And, and again, the big question, God, where are you? But God has a way of doing things that you don't like. Right? I mean, you were all locked down in your house. You couldn't go to a restroom, rest, restaurant, so what did you have to do? You had to cook for yourself. What's up with all these restaurants? Now I have to cook. And then you realize that you had just saved couple hundred dollars that week back. Wow. 
I can cook. It's amazing. But God has a way of doing things. You'll go through things and come out. You'll go through bad stuff and come out differently. God has a pathway for your destiny. Promises, process, promotion. Say it. Promises, process, and promotion. Are you still with me online? Are you still right there? Promises, process, and promotion. I remember the first day of my pastorate. It was a long time ago. Somebody, anybody remember me over 20 years ago? Anybody remember me? Man, I had so much hair and uh, shoot. And uh, I was just, you know, a little, I, I still look good, but I, I mean, it was a different time. Anyway, so first day of my pastorate, uh, first Sunday, November, excuse me, September uh, 4th, 1989. How many wasn't born then? Anybody wasn't born yet in the house? Okay, so 1989, uh, building was here, looked a, a lot different than it did than it, now than it did then. But I, after everybody determined that I was going to be the pastor, I came down, everybody left, and it was just me and Jesus. And I just knelt here, and I began to tell God all I was going to do for him and just love on him. God, I'm going to do this and do this. And God told me that day, he interrupted me as I told him, God, you know, I'm going to use all my gifts, and here's the talents, and they all belong to you. He said... Son, I don't need your talents. I want your heart. I want your heart. I need your heart. And, uh, and I thought even then I wasn't sure what that meant. But how many know that all of you have a heart? Do you know what I'm talking about? And I'm saying that you're, we're all created differently. And he wanted my heart uniquely for pastoral ministry. And then, you know, over the years I began to realize some things. Okay, now here's something that you may not know about me. I cry on occasion. Somebody laughed. I heard that. All right. So I weep. I weep. Sometimes I will weep right in front of you. And it's not on purpose. I can't help myself. I just can't. I feel. I don't feel just a little. I feel a lot. Some of you might call me an empath. You know, I feel deeply. When I see you, I love you. I just love looking at you. I told you, I just like lo- looking around and look at you. You know, I love you. I, I love being with you. I love preaching to you. I love worshiping with you. I love going through life with you. I love you. And uh, I yearn. I yearn for good things. I yearn for God to do stuff. Uh, you know, I heard that, you know, Chaplain Russ was sick and I left the service when I heard it. As soon as I heard it, I went out and gave him a call just to check on him because I love him. I want to make sure he's all right. I love him. And you might say, well, I'm not bragging on myself because some of you say, well, I wish I could be like you. You weren't created like me. You don't cry as quick as I cry. You don't feel exactly the way I feel. It doesn't make me better than you or worse than you. It makes me different. God doesn't cut out Christians like biscuit dough. Okay, he doesn't. All of us are unique. We're the same, but we have differences because he created you uniquely. Anybody hear what I'm saying? So don't bust on your brother, your sister. Why don't you cry? I don't know. I keep trying to. (laughs) It just comes off really weird. But God wanted my heart for his purposes. Now, let, let me tell you, God also spoke some things in my heart about what he was going to do. We don't always understand his plan. When we hear about his promises, we think, I'm going to get this right now. But promises are glimpses of your destiny. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What? I don't think I even like that scripture. Okay, I taught you last Sunday about the honor. How many know you need to honor God? Anybody know that? That when he was in uh, Nazareth, he could not do any miracles there. They didn't honor him. You don't honor God. You don't seek the Lord. You're going to struggle. And here's what he's saying. He's saying that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. So you don't just say, I have faith. If you have faith, then seek God. Search for God. Know God. Know his promises. So what? His promises are fulfilled as I seek him. God gave me glimpses of things early in my life. Uh, Early in my ministry, he gave me visions. One of the things he gave me a vision was that, uh, you know, again, I'm just walking around the neighborhood and God spoke to me and said, your church does not look like my harvest field. And so... I said, well, you know, what's wrong with the church? You know, I, you know, I look good. Church looks good, you know. And, uh, I mean, white people are fine. That's pretty much all we had, you know. And uh, God said, I'm going to, I want your church to be a snapshot of the kingdom of God, so I'm happy. And so I come home and I tell people, God wants our church to be a snapshot of the kingdom of God. And that's when hell broke loose. Okay. And did, God, why is all of this going through? Because I blessed you with the promise. And so as you seek me, are you with me on this? As you seek me, things are going to be difficult. So, you know, so during those years, we went through some, some strife and some struggle, and God began to cause that to happen. And then you know, a few years later, I met this guy named Benito, and we started Iglesia de Dios Ebenezer. Anybody remember that? And uh, you know, that church has been planted now, 2000, we planted that. And, and then we, you know, Benito started another church here in town now. And, and we have inner city ministries now. You know, you had, we had Moses come a few weeks back, our, who still pastors our inner city ministry. And you ought to clap your hands and say hallelujah, you know. And, 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 you know, we, I mean, God just done so many things. And now here I am in 2020. It's like, God, I, we got through it. Yeah, hallelujah. And then the pandemic hit. And then racial tension hits and now I got to remind you that we are a multi-ethnic community of people who worship the Lord together in unity and I have to deal with stuff and people and God what are you doing God saying I'm not finished fulfilling my destiny in your life you got to hold on to the promises because my promises are glimpses they're cracks in the door of what I'm going to do See, God has promises, but he also has a process. Say process. His process is your refinement. You don't want to hear this. Malachi 3 and 2. Who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? Because he is like a refiner's fire and and like a launderer's soap. I want to tell you this. We are in the days of his coming. We are in the days of his coming. Things are shaping like they have never shaped before. So somebody say refinement. Everything that is not God, he is cleansing. And I don't know if you like this. I mean, I, launderer soap is just weird. I mean, does that mean you drop, you know, some Tide into your washing machine? That's not launder soap context. You don't have that many clothes. You don't have that many. You don't have like three closets and six department stores that you go to. And, you know, you don't have like 500 pairs of shoes. You got, you got a pair of shoes. You got some robes. And when it gets dirty, they, 
lay it down on a rock and they take some soap and they rub it. You don't say, well, yeah, that's dirty. That thing's not going to come out. I'm going to throw that away or give it to the thrift store. No, no. The launderer's soap is going to work on that and scrub it. If, if they rub a hole in it, they're going to do whatever they have to do to get it clean. Launderer's soap is tough. But then he makes this other statement. He says, there's this process called refinement. Do you know how gold is purified? You know how gold is purified? You want to know how gold is purified? It's ground down. It's beat down. It's placed into a furnace and melted down by 2,000 degrees of fire. And as the heat increases, impurities begin to surface that you never saw before. And as you scrape away these impurities, what are you left with? Refined, pure gold. The trials you face as a human being is the burning. It's designed to remove the impurities until the only thing that remains is what was placed at your core. God's nature and character. It's that. Some of you are in a furnace right now. All you see is the fire. All you feel is the heat. Each day feels like a struggle. And you want to give up. You want to hit the snooze button. You want to give up on your marriage. You want to quit that job. You want to take the easy way out, but you weren't created for easy. You were created for victory. When the fires are hot and raging, keep going and always remember on the other side of pain, on the other side of trial is joy and peace. That is the promise of refinement. Somebody praise Jesus. You're being refined. Say it. I'm being refined. I'm being refined. Anybody raised in church besides me? I was raised in church. I don't ever remember a day that I didn't go to church. I mean, if I didn't go to church, I had to be like really, really. I mean, if COVID happened in the 60s, they'd go, we're going to church, you know. So, so when I went to church, I was, you know, trying to learn and know God uh, I mean, here's, here's the reality. You know, I was my parents' favorite testimony. Okay, with testimony time, mom said, Ricky, come up here. We're going to stand you right here and tell stories about you. Because I was like their kid, you know. I was jaundiced as a baby when I was an infant. You know, I was born. They left me laying under that lamp as a child. You know, I, I, I was jaundiced. And then as I grew older, I, I got sick when I was, you know, a couple of years. You no, know, when I was a baby. I was just a year old. I got sick. And they were taking me to the hospital. They said, uh, you know, I was all dehydrated. But my papa was a believer. And he held me in his arms and prayed the prayer of faith and held a bottle in my mouth until the sickness went away. You know, I don't know the story. I don't know how all that worked. I don't remember it, but they said I was a miracle. And then I, I was that kid, uh, I've told you before, that was burned severely because I was ornery and I, was, I knocked a plate of hot gravy over my face. My, I had third degree burns on the right side of my face. My mom was always pulling me up front saying, this, she'd rub my face and say, 
Look what God has done. I remember when the burn fell off his face, you know, and, and I was their story. I was, you know, like five years old, wanted to wear my big brother's cowboy boots, and I slipped and fell down the basement stairs and cracked my head open. They took me to the hospital. I had a concussion and had to, you know, God got me through that. I guess he got me through that. But I'm saying I was their favorite testimony. I'm saying, why did everything have to happen to me? Right here. It's where I am today. Anybody hear what I'm saying right now? I'm telling you it's called refinement. I, I am a testimony. You are a testimony. Refinement is something else in the Bible. It's called wilderness. It's where we go to be changed like Israel into the, became the great nation. But first, they had to go through the wilderness. They crossed the Red Sea. They walked through the desert. Come on. Refinement is our wilderness. It's where we are right now, brothers and sisters. Listen, we are in a place right now where God is transforming his people. Promotion is God's promise fulfilled in our life. I will make you a great nation, Abraham. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I can't wait to see that. Oh, you'll be dead before it happens, but I'm going to do this. Nobody liked that. I, I didn't get a hallelujah, amen, or nothing. Now, you'll be in my presence. I'll bring you to myself, but still... You know, he had to go through refinement. If you, I, I won't go through all the Abrahamic story, but I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I love, anybody love the epistles? The epistles, that's the letters in the last part of the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, you know, uh, Corinthians, you know, all of these, Thessalonians. These are all letters written by the apostles to the church. And Peter, you know who wrote Peter? Peter, yes, and I love that, but... First uh, Peter 1 and 4, this is kind of the routine you see in the epistles, the way they write. And I love this. Uh, uh, Peter writes to the church. He says, we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, never stops working, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Now, that's sort of the way it starts, okay? So somebody praise God for heaven. Let's praise God for that. I right, praise God for that, but I'm not there yet. All right, because this is the way it rolls. So you read that in verse four and five and then get to verse six. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise. So the genuineness of your faith is being tested. Do you hear me? I am being tested the promotion is when the promises are fulfilled, but we have not been fully promoted yet. I don't know what you think about yourself, but I am not what God, I am not finished yet. Can I get an amen from someone? You are not finished yet. So what you need to do is trust in the Lord because this season of refinement, we also call it this, a lifetime I tell you, ever since I got saved, I haven't had a problem in my life. I'm wondering if you're saved or not. <laughs> ever since I was born again, it's like a, it's just joy unspeakable and full of glory all the time. I just praise God and no. 
I got saved. I met an abuser. I got saved. And Satan seemed to attack me. Why is Satan there? You're being refined. Nobody like that. I have grieved. I have wept. I have been hard pressed. But I will not surrender my faith in the refinement process. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Stand up with me. We're going to finish this in a moment. We're going to receive communion in a moment as well. Somebody make sure I have some, by the way. We're going to receive communion in a moment. But let me ask you as you stand with me. First of all, what promises has God whispered into your heart? Anybody got any promises? You don't have to speak them right now. How many have had promises that God has spoken into your heart? Where he's whispered some things. How many has God given some vision to? Some vision. Anybody God has given some vision to? I'm going to do some things in your life. Wave at me. Anybody given you some vision? What about this? Has anybody been reading the word and it just kind of jumped off the page? Or heard the preacher preach and it's like, that was for me right there. I'm going to reach out. Anybody been there in your life? So what will we do with the pain? What will we do with the sickness? What will we do with the fear? What will we do with the offense? What will we do while we're in the fire? What will we do when it's tough? Well, God, if it's in your will for me to be in the fire, Lord, take all the bondage away so that when I walk out, I'll be able to fulfill your perfect plan in my life. Because because I came through the fire, my babies know that my faith is real because God delivered me time and time and time again. I could not tell you about my deliverance if I did not tell you about my wilderness. struggle tries to rip us apart what will we do can I tell you something church at this point in our life as the body of the Lord Jesus I usually don't take this off hardly for anything but it's my wedding band okay okay you know what it is it's gold Uh, had this one specially made. We had these baby ones that we bought for like $30, $40 when we first got married. And Then when we got to our 25th anniversary, I, Steve's wife, Cynthia, Steve's running online right now. He's running the online. But uh, we said we would need one, and she worked in a jewelry store, and we got these made. And I have. Can I tell you, how, anybody ever been married before? Okay. Just because you got gold on your hand doesn't mean you got gold in your heart. You say, well, what am I going to do? You know, sometimes it's a struggle. You know what you do? You go through the refinement. <laughs> I thought we would always just hold each other and talk just like we did. Nope. Nope. And some of you have been through it. And you, how many have been through some brokenness in marriage? Anybody been through some brokenness? Praise God. They can tell you. You get one broken person with another broken people. You ain't seen brokenness. You get two broken people. Okay? 
But even when you don't see it, he's working. Because he doesn't want you just to wear gold rings on your fingers. He wants you to be refined and to come out as pure gold. Can I get an amen from someone in the room? Who's being tested right now? Wave at me. Where are my people that are being tested? Wave at me. Say, Pastor, I'm going through testing right now. You don't have to wave your hand, but some of you need to. I'm going through testing, okay? Let me encourage you now. God has a process. He's refining you. And as you see your promotion, you will also see promises fulfilled. Let me finish with Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2. Read it out loud with me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Wait, stop, stop. You will pass through the waters, but I will be with you. Next verse. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. You didn't say you wouldn't have to cross some bad rivers. He said, you're not going to be overflowed. And then he says, and when you walk through the fire, that word through, you could change it to in the fire. You could change the word fire to furnace. When you walk through it, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Tell somebody, you're going to get through this. Tell somebody, tell somebody nearby you, you're going to get through this. Say, you're going to get through this. And on the other side of it, you will always remember that God was with you in the fire. Let's give thanks to God for his word today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Come on, everybody, give him thanks. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Anybody say that word's for me today? Anybody want to set shout? That word is for me. That word is for me. Some of you might need prayer today, and and if you know if you need prayer, we'll we'll pray for you here today. But you just need to come and stand apart up here at the altar and just seek the Lord, and someone will come and minister to you. But before we do that, how many have communion in your hands? Everybody have communion. Go ahead and take communion. You you picked up a disposable communion cup and wafer on your way in the door. That's right. I told you we're safer than Walmart. So uh, go ahead, if you would, and open this. I think this is the perfect time to receive the supper of the Lord. Hold the wafer in your hand and then open it up and get the, prepare the juice to receive it. There you go. My response is hallelujah, hallelujah. You're my redeemer. The night before Christ was crucified, Jesus sat with his disciples. And he, he told them, I want you to do this when you get together. We receive communion every Sunday at Freedom Fellowship. We do. We love receiving the supper of the Lord. But this is what Jesus did. He said, even when you're away, even when I've gone away, I still want to be with you. I want you to know I'm with you. And he, and he showed them the bread and he showed them the cup and he said, the bread is my body. I want you to know that I'm with you. You are my body. I'm in you. And the cup is my blood. Even after you don't have the cross to look at, even after I've ascended, I want you to know that my blood still flows for you and through you. The bread is my body, Jesus said. My body, which is broken for you. Take and receive my body, the body of the Lord. Receive the bread. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I receive you close to me. I receive you into my life. The cup. No more sin. I'm forgiven and I forgive. No more bitterness. No more. 
I'm set free by the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, this cup is my blood, the blood of the new covenant that is poured out for you. Take and receive it in remembrance of me. Now, let's give him thanks. Everybody give him thanks. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. We praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your sacrifice. We praise you for the refinement. We say hallelujah in it all. We praise you in it all. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We're dismissing now. And I pray that the Lord would bless you. And the Lord would keep you. The Lord would make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Listen. And that he would give you peace. In the refinement. Know that God has a purpose. I love you dearly. If you need prayer, you can call if you're online. If you need prayer, you can meet us right here up front. Someone will meet with you and pray with you if you just need to seek the Lord on your own. God bless you. We're going to continue to sing and worship the Lord. And then when you choose to be dismissed, you're welcome to do do so. God bless you online. Just know I love you. Can't wait to see you here. It's comeback season. I love you. Send us your knees. Stay in contact. God bless you all. Sing, sing. Have a Hallelujah.